0: bombshell in the case against prince andrew the prince to the throne Time stories of england Grace. amazing take a listen
1: right now to our friends at cbs well prince andrew has reached a settlement with a woman who accused him of sexually abusing her when she was a teenager virginia Jufre brought the civil suit against the duke of york she says Jeffrey Epstein trafficked her in the early 2000s and Prince Andrew raped her several times as a minor. In a new statement, the Duke of York says he regrets his association with, the Epstein, uh, with Epstein and commends the bravery of Miss Dufresne and other survivors.
2: More on this, let's bring in Jessica Levinson. She's a CBS News legal contributor. Explain the significance of reaching a settlement in this lawsuit. Does this mean that Prince Andrew does not have to claim guilt or innocence in this case? He's sort of off the hook publicly, as it were?
0: Well, I, I think publicly he's very much on the hook because he's all, this has already caused some great damage to his reputation. But Damage to his reputation? Is that all they can think about? Damage to the prince's reputation? When according to this young girl, and millions of dollars to back it up, she was, under the law, raped by Prince Andrew? A child at that age cannot give consent. Take a listen to our cut, A7. A7
3: from Netflix, Filthy Rich. I first met Prince Andrew, March 10th, 2001, in London at Ghislaine's townhouse. He knocked on the door, he came inside Ghislaine's townhouse, and we're sitting there having tea. Ghislaine has this favorite guessing game that she does. She goes to Prince Andrew, how old do you think Virginia is? And he said 17 and she's like oh you're right and you know they like made a little joke about it he's like oh my daughters aren't far from your age you know my daughter's a little bit younger than you we went out for the night club tramp in london and he dances and he's profusely sweating over me
0: and it was disgusting Well, it didn't end there, according to her, and again, with millions of dollars forked over in the last 24 hours by Prince Andrew to his young accuser. Take a listen to our cut A-8, Virginia Roberts. Listen.
3: It ended with sexual abuse and intercourse and then a pat on the back. You've done a really good job. Like, you know, thank you very much, and here's $200. You know, before you know it, I'm being lent out to politicians and to academics and to people that you, royalty and, and people that you just, you would never think, like, how did you get into that position of power in the first place if you're this disgusting, evil, decrepit person on the inside?
0: When you hear her talking and you combine it with a multi million dollar payout, what was it, 10, 16 million? I'm not sure, but I know who does know, Charlie Langston. Female editor at DailyMail.com. Charlie, how much is the settlement? 12 million pounds, we believe, which is around 16
4: million dollars, I think. Now, a portion of that will go to Virginia Jaffray's charity, but the bulk of it will go to her.
5: With me,
0: an all-star panel. First of all, I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Series XM 111. Is this the end of the story? I'd like to say yes, but probably not. You think this is the first time Prince Andrew has had sex with a young girl? Do you? I'm not so sure about that. Will others now come out of the woodwork? Also with us, Jessica Pride, sex assault attorney with the Pride Law Firm. You can find her at VictimLawyer.com. Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst to the stars, joining us out of Beverly Hills at DrBethanyMarshall.com. Um, she's a star of a new Netflix hit, Bling Empire. Greg Sheffer, former Phoenix Police Department detective, 22 years specializing in sex exploitation of children, Charlie Langston, I I didn't think it would end this quickly, especially when Prince Andrew's legal team came out uh, guns a-blazing, claiming that the victim in this case was, what did he say? A money-grabbing sex kitten. Who says sex kitten? I haven't heard that since maybe Austin Powers or the Avengers. Remember that? Oh, yeah. One of them was a Brit, too, if not all of them. So, A sex kitten? A money-grubbing sex kitten? Was that what he said? It was. And to be completely honest, I was surprised
4: to see how quickly this case came to an end, because I really did think that Virginia was going to fight for her day in court. However, I think that it's come to an end this quickly for a number of reasons. First and foremost, Andrew was under enormous pressure from the palace to bring this to a close before the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. At the rate that it was going, this was going to drag out as a dark cloud over all of those celebrations this spring. Additionally, I think it was very clear that if Andrew was going to testify in front of a jury, it was not going to be a good thing for him. We all saw what happened when he did that 2019 interview where he denied that he was able to sweat where he was talking about travel clothes. And I think had he got up in front of a jury, it could have potentially been even more embarrassing for him and brought even more scandal on the royal family, which is not something that they need right now.
0: Yes, he is terrible on camera. Terrible would be terrible under oath. Not likable in the least. Not likable at all. People like Prince William. People liked Diana. People like Eugenie and Beatrice, or at least I think they do. There's something about Andrew and Charles is just reptilian. There's just something about them. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they unzipped their face and there was a big lizard under there. Not surprised at all. (laughs) Now, hey, Jackie, while I play cut one from Jackie Long uh, Long Channel 4 News, I, I, I want you to dig up Andrew. And that horrible, they call it a train wreck interview. Who told him to do that? It was such a bad idea. I can tell you, this is why he settled, because he's terrible, under pressure. But first of all, take a listen to our cut one, Jackie Long.
5: I have no recollection of ever meeting this lady.
1: Virginia Geoffrey is a woman Prince Andrew has always insisted he did not know.
5: I, I can absolutely categorically tell you it never happened.
1: He has consistently denied sexually abusing her when she was under 18. Today, in a document submitted to an American court, it was revealed the Duke of York has reached an out-of-court settlement with Miss Jeffrey, just weeks before he was due to answer questions under oath in her civil case against him. She had always claimed she was forced to have sex with the Duke by the billionaire Jeffrey Epstein and his girlfriend Ghislaine Maxwell. The sum of money involved in the settlement was not disclosed, and there was no admission of any wrongdoing.
0: Right. Did he have to admit he did it? He paid $16 million, and I can guarantee you mommy is footing that bill. I'm talking about the Queen of England, who I love, love her. Uh, The fury at Andrew right now for forcing the Queen, age 95, to bail him out yet again with me and all-star panelists, I mentioned before, Jessica Pride, sex assault lawyer at the Pride firm. You know, Jessica, you've tried plenty of cases, as have I. And the, the long story short is, it always comes down to the wire. When the defendant sees the jurors filing into the courtroom, 60 to 100 of them, and you're about to strike that jury. Suddenly, they start sweating. They have to go to the bathroom and they enter a plea. That's what happens. And here it is, just a few days before Andrew has to sit down under oath and answer questions. You got a settlement. Why is it always that way? Are they trying to play a game of chicken with each other? Who's going to blink
6: first? I think they thought maybe that the New York court wasn't going to force, they were going to dismiss the case. And he was hoping he'd get out on a technicality, his lawyers would be able to save him and... They weren't able to. And because he was forced to actually have to sit for a deposition, you saw in the interview, he's terrible. I would have loved to have had him across the table asking him questions in a deposition.
0: Oh, I couldn't wait until his videotape deposition leaked, which, of course, it would. But what is it? Why do people wait till the last minute? Oh, oh, wait a minute. You said something Man, really I interesting. about that. Jump in.
2: Well, my husband's a judge, and whenever he tells me he's a civil court judge, oh, I start a, 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 a trial tomorrow. I'm always like, no, it's going to settle. It's going to settle. It always does. We talk about it over the dinner dinner table. The reasons are complex, but I love your phrase, a game of chicken. It's a game of chicken. Which side is going to win out? Who's going to have the bigger settlement? And in terms of Prince Andrew, this is a game of chicken played out on an international I mean, you have uh, Virginia Roberts, Jeffries, who was once a victim, but she is fierce. She is uh, just a force to be reckoned with. And you have Prince Andrew, who, you know, this is not a clinical term, but he's a buffoon. I hate to say it. I've been trying to analyze it for the last three hours in preparation for this show. I listened to his interview again, and I'm thinking, what is wrong with him? If he were in my office and a psychoanalyst, how would I? How would I diagnose him? I mean, there's there's a sort of entitlement. How about
0: a spoiled brat born with a silver spoon in his mouth, <laughs> Charlie Langston? Did you just hear everything Dr. Bethany Marshall said and Jessica Pride Because Jessica said something very interesting. Not that you aren't interesting too, Bethany, because you always are. But Charlie, he was surprised a U.S. court didn't throw Virginia's case out, Virginia Grefe's case. Uh, we don't care if he's the Prince of England. There would be H-E-double-L to pay if a judge here in the States threw that case out with a U.S. victim. No way was that going to happen. Uh-uh. There was absolutely no way it was going to happen. And I think when he made
4: that kind of desperate attempt to have the case thrown out, I don't believe that anyone really expected a judge to go through with it. But you know, on the one hand, we do have to appreciate that his legal team was going to do everything that they possibly could in order to try and prove that Virginia is lying. Now, I think the timing of this kind of settlement is very interesting. And I think the reason that it's happened when it has is because the palace, AKA the queen, really put her foot down and said, there is absolutely no way that you can take part in this deposition. We do not know what they are going to ask you. They have every right to ask you all manner of personal questions about your sex life, about what your body looks like when you're naked, all of
0: this kind of stuff. Okay, Gustav, wait a minute. Why did you put that in my head? I've gone through this whole case without <laughs> thinking about Prince Andrew naked. And now you just put that in my head. And I've thought it. i so I cannot unthink it. It's there forever ingrained in my brain because of you, Charlie Langston. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Greg Sheffer, former Phoenix Police Department detective, 22 years specializing in exactly this kind of case. Greg, the thing is, when a person is charged with a crime, they can take the Fifth Amendment. They don't have to testify or even give any statement at all that could hurt themselves. But this was a civil case, and there is not gonna be a criminal case because the statute of limitations has passed. So he cannot possibly take the Fifth Amendment. They could ask Prince Andrew Everything from uh, does he wear a g-string to boxers. They could ask him, is he into nipple clips or girls dressing up like schoolgirls? They could ask him anything, and he would sit there on the hot seat wondering, what do they know? What do they know? Well, or they and could if ask he, him yeah, who else was there during those parties and events? And if he lied on any of these questions, it would be perjury because he'd be. Under oath. Think about it, Greg Sheffer.
7: Yeah, well, I think that's probably why the queen put the pressure on him. Once they realized the case was going to go forward, they're like, this has to stop.
0: Man, you're not kidding.
7: They would get into his history and they could get in, you know, when they're up in that upper echelon, uh, royalty and billionaires, you know, they get whatever they want. They're in a position to, they have all their wants are, are met. And so he's been living this lifestyle for decades and so they didn't want that all to come out in a deposition which it would have and he's a train wreck that deposition would have been a a, you know a lawyer's dream
0: oh a field day a field day oh how i would love to question him i can see myself running up and down a football field with stacks of questions in my hands oh just just I would be thrilled to cross him. And the other thing, Charlie Langston, did you hear what Greg Sheffer just said? As royalty, all of his needs were met. All of his wants were met, is what Sheffer said. In the past few weeks, more and more about Andrew has been coming out, including how he berated at least one maid, someone on the domestic staff, at the palace because she misplaced A pyramid of little stuffed toys that sit on his bed. Stuffies. I don't mean she lost him. She put one up there out of order. They have to sit in a certain way. And they even had like a little diagram for the maid as to where to put the teddy and where to put the giraffe. Seriously. Yeah. This is a grown man. Well, and I think the
4: thing is, is that You know, the way that the royal family works is you always have the oldest child of a generation who is going to sit on the throne. You've got the heir and the spare. Exactly. And the thing is, is that the spare is always kind of treated with kid gloves because there is always this resentment that builds up between the heir and the spare. We've also seen it with Prince Harry. Now, Prince Harry has obviously behaved Right, Harry has
0: behaved in a very different way, but Harry really has thrown his toys out of the pram. Every time I see Harry giving a statement, I put him on mute because it's going to be more poor, poor, pitiful me in my $16 million Montecito mansion. I have it so bad. Seriously, shut up. Go get a job. Stop.
4: It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same with Prince Andrew. You know, what we've seen is that he has been treated so delicately because, you know, lord forbid that they do anything to cause him any more damage than being the spare heir might already have done and this has basically created a scenario where andrew felt as though he
0: did not have to. wait a minute charlie langston calling pot calling the kettle black wait a minute the other one is edward correct edward yes yes he and his wife sophie they actually have jobs do they not they're normal and you never they hear do. them they, whining and carrying on. And apparently, Sophie has been a huge comfort to the queen in her later years. You never hear scandal, running around, nothing like that. But I do Nancy, also I make, that make a comment happen. about this. Oh, sorry. Bethany, could we stop thinking. you? <laughs> could we stop her? No way. Go ahead. And right. then wait, <laughs> then there's the daughter. Uh, is it yeah. Mark? Anne, Anne, Anne. you never hear anything bad about her. She's just, you know, they go to work. They work like 300 plus engagements a year, if not more. That's working every day. Nose to the grindstone. Their reputation, pristine. So those two royals have turned out beautifully and I'm sure are a big inspiration to the British people. Okay, Dr. Bethany Marshall, jump in. I can't wait to hear this.
2: Okay, well, just from a family psychology perspective, in most families, and research supports this, there is at least one bad egg, one person who's pathological, and usually what happens is that they're under under employed, they're entitled, And they almost always get the elderly parents to support their life. So whether it's in a royal setting or, you know, in in Atlanta, Georgia or some small town in the Midwest, you know, think about all the families, you know, there's always a bad egg and there's always someone stopping off the parents. You know, I've got two
0: people in the studio right now and they're both shaking their heads. Yes, you're Mm -hmm. hooked up. You can hear what we're saying, right? Yeah, everybody's shaking their heads. Yes, there's always one rotten apple. And all the stuffies. I want to
2: talk about that. All the stuffed animals on his bed. When you look for for your listeners, when they have a sort of a crazy person, an entitled person, someone who's a buffoon, or sort of a Prince Andrew in their life, you know, you think think about what a four, five, or six year old is like, and you superimpose that into the adult brain, and that is the basis of psychopathology, character pathology. So adults who are sort of narcissistic, borderline, have personality disorders, they are always sort of colored with the traits of infancy and childhood. So I'm not surprised that he's entitled, five-year-olds are, or that he has stuffies on his bed. Six-year-olds want that, or that he thought that the world was his candy store and he could just have sex with Virginia as many times as he wanted because he's an entitled little five-year-old. Not to let him off the hook as an adult, but impulsivity, wanting gratification, all these character traits are at the core of adults who are pathological.
0: I think I heard Greg Sheffer jumping in. Go ahead.
7: Well, to kind of piggyback on that, when I was dealing with investigations, I, I would, you would see the bad apple in every family. And it always seems like the parent, that was, I'm not going to say favorite, but they would cater to that bad apple. You know, that bad apple could do no wrong or they'd protect that child more than the other children. And I don't know if it's because they they knew that that person couldn't survive on their own and they needed the help and the other kids were going to be or were stronger or better. But you always seem like the parents were enabling or supporting that bad apple and
1: it just i think
0: in the parents mind greg i believe they think that they're helping the bad apple they're helping them uh, avoid drama or conflict in their lives because they innately know that the bad apple can't handle it and will fail or end up in G.V. jail at the worst. Guys, uh, we heard earlier, and I believe it was Jessica Pry talking about how much she would love to have Prince Andrew on cross-examination under oath, and this is one of the reasons why. Now, take a listen to this BBC interview by Emily Maitlis with Prince Andrew. It's our cut, A Tian,
1: how did you first become friends? How did you meet? Well, I met through his girlfriend
5: um, back in 1999, who um, and I'd known her since uh, she was at university in the UK. Um, and it would be, to some extent, a stretch to say that that, um, uh, as it were, we were close friends. I mean, we were friends because of other people, um, and I had a lot of opportunity to. Um, Uh, go to the united states um but i didn't have much time with him i suppose i saw him once or twice a year perhaps maybe maximum of three times a year
0: and this is after epstein is charged with prostitution and uh abusing minors in Florida. He continues his relationship with him. Andrew does. And when he's saying he met Epstein through a friend, he's talking about Ghislaine Maxwell. I don't think I'd be bragging about that either. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Take a listen to our cut A fourteen.
1: Because during that time, those those few days, witnesses say they saw many young girls coming and going at the time. There is video footage of Epstein accompanied by young girls. And you were there, staying in his house, catching up with friends.
5: I never, I mean, I mean if they were, then um, I, I wasn't a party to any of that. I never saw them. I mean, you have to, you have to understand that, 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 that his house, I, I described it more as, a, as, a, as, a, as a, almost as a railway station, if you know what I mean, in the sense that there were people coming in and out of that house all the time. Um, what they were doing and why they were there, I had nothing to do with. So I, I'm afraid I, I can't make any comment on that because I, I, I really don't know.
0: Okay, right there, Jessica Pride. Who would not be suspicious? and concerned with so much to lose, your royalty for Pete's sake. You are an heir to the British throne, and you're in a guy's home, and you see little girls going in and out and in and out, as he said, like a railway station, and you never wonder why?
6: Yeah, I call bull I mean, I, That's what is beautiful about the civil process is there's so much more leeway than in a criminal case to do discovery and look for evidence finding out the names of every person that was in the house when he was there, getting receipts for, you know, any of his travel expenses, trying to really pin down getting his calendar. We would be able to subpoena all of those things, ask him all of those things in deposition, ask him about every person he saw at a party. And so the exposure and the risk of exposure, not only to him, to the royal family, but to other men in power that we know were associates of Jeffrey Epstein it was too great and that's why he had to settle you know, people don't realize that 99% of civil cases settle and actually don't go to trial everybody you know talks about oh we wanted to see him in court but the odds of it actually going to a jury were really low and you know it's helpful not only for the plaintiff but also for the defendant because you're weighing both risks when she gives it over to a jury she would be hoping that 12 jurors got it right Um, this place, she got to have the power and she got to make a decision and choose to settle this case. And I don't know any innocent party who's ever paid $16 million.
0: $16 million? Well, again, I think I know why. Take a listen to Our Cut, A16, the BBC.
5: I've no recollection of ever meeting her. Um, uh, I'm almost, in fact, I'm convinced um, that I was never in tramps with her. There are a number of things that are wrong with that story. One of which is that is that I don't know where the bar is in, in um, tramps. Um, uh, I don't drink. Um, I, I don't think I've ever bought a drink in tramps uh, whenever I was there.
1: Do you remember dancing at Tramp?
5: No. That couldn't have happened because the date that being suggested, I was at home with the children.
0: Okay. If you will recall, uh, Charlie Langston from DailyMail.com, neither of his children supported that claim. No.
4: And, you know, I think there were so many issues with that interview that he did with the excuses that he made. And I think, you know, the statement that he issued when they were, kind of revealing that they had decided to settle out of court. The one good thing about that statement is that it was the first time that he has ever really acknowledged that his relationship with Epstein was unacceptable. And it's also the first time that he's ever acknowledged that Epstein sex trafficked and abused women. It's the first time that he's ever shown any sympathy whatsoever towards Virginia and towards all of Epstein's other victims. And I think that that is a very interesting kind of switch for Andrew, because for so long, he denied that he knew about any wrongdoing. He denied that he had any knowledge that Epstein was bringing women into his apartment, into his home. And this statement, although it was not a confession of guilt, it was about as close as we have ever come to Andrew admitting that he knew that Epstein was doing terrible things and that Epstein was victimizing these these women, these young girls, um, during the time that Andrew was friends with him.
0: I fully believe uh, the theory that the reason Andrew hung out with Epstein is for money, that Epstein bailed him out when Andrew was in need of money and that he would keep going back to the trough, so to speak. Uh, I think this is one of my favorite portions of sound. One of my favorite statements, Andrew said. Take a listen to our cut, 17, the BBC.
1: She was very specific about that night. Mm -hmm. She described dancing with you and you profusely sweating (laughs) and that she went on to have baths, possibly. There's a
5: slight problem with with the sweating um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat um, or I didn't sweat at the time, and that was oh actually yes I didn't sweat at the time because I um, ha- had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at uh, and I simply it, it was it was it was almost impossible for me to, to to sweat and it's only because I have done a number of things in the recent past that I'm starting to be able to do that again. So I'm afraid to say that, 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 that there's a medical condition that says that I didn't do it. So therefore.
0: I mean, Nancy, can I jump in about that one? Talk about a load of crap. <laughs> I mean, stinking, stinking crap. It's painful. Go I
2: ahead. Mean, go ahead. Well, well, he actually, you know, he cites being in the Falcons' war. So he kind of. Working um, in his war. As, <laughs> as the hero who cannot sweat.
7: No, that was a great deflection.
0: It was a great deflection, but um, here's my second favorite. Cut 21, please. A21.
1: So why would somebody have put in another hand? You think it is you next to her in the photo.
5: Oh, it's definitely me. I mean, that's a, that's a picture of me. It's not a picture of, I don't believe it's a picture of me in London, because when I, go out, to, when I go out in London, I wear a suit and a tie. That's what I would describe as those are my traveling clothes if I'm going to go, if I'm going overseas. so there's, a, there's a, I've got a, plenty of photographs of me dressed in, 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 in those sorts of, that just, sort of kit, but not there.
0: To Dr. Bethany Marshall to suggest to a jury that you have a different set of clothes just to travel in.
2: How off-putting is that to people that are living month to month? I know it's so tone deaf. I mean, he really is in his own world, really walled off in his own castle, but it shows a profound lack of empathy. And don't you think that would go hand in hand with being a sex predator? I mean, it shouldn't surprise us at all. You know, Nancy, when little kids lie, you know how they lie in really obvious ways? You know, oh, mom, I didn't eat that cookie, but the cookie is, you know, that the chocolate is dripping off the corner of their mouths. You know, Andrew kind of lies in that way, which goes back to my original theory that he's really kind of childlike in his personality disorder he doesn't he doesn't see in us what we see in him which is what we see in disturbed adults they do not know how they come across to the people around them they are tone deaf to use your word
0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Charlie Langston joining us from Daily Mail. Charlie, how critical was a single photo in the process that ends in a $16 million settlement paid by Prince Andrew, the Prince of Wales, to Virginia Jeffrey? I mean, the photograph was essential because it was really the
4: only evidence that she had to prove that she had been with prince andrew and that she had been with prince andrew in guillain maxwell's house this was the only photograph that we've ever seen of the two of them together and that's why so much attention was paid you know in any normal kind of court case i think to kind of spend years of time going over and over whether a photograph is legitimate whether it's been edited that's not something that you would really see happen. But this photograph was really the only thing that Virginia had that was physical proof that she had been with Prince Andrew in Ghislaine Maxwell's house. Now all of this talk about traveling clothes and so on and so forth. I just think it's totally ludicrous. And the way that I kind of interpreted that as a member of the public is here is someone desperately trying to remove this photo from being Such a big piece of key interest because he knew that if this photo was ever proven to be legitimate or if this photo was ever kind of proven to be falsely edited, that would sway the case one way or another. Now, Daily Mail actually got an exclusive email exchange between Ghislaine Maxwell and her lawyer, Alan Dershowitz, in which he asked her, does this photo seem real to you? You are in the background. And she replied and said, it appears real to me. I think it is. And, you know, obviously, this email exchange has only come to light since we've heard that the court the, the court case will be settled. But I think that would have been a huge bombshell for Prince Andrew's case. I think that could have really threatened to destroy any hope he had of proving that this photo was not legitimate
0: and the only way that could have been brought into evidence at trial is to have Ghislaine Maxwell take the stand which could be done under the law and if she refused to testify or lied about it what she said in the email to Dershowitz would have been brought in as a quote inconsistent statement So that would have come into evidence because she is a principal. She is in the picture. Uh, Take a listen to what Andrew says about the photo in our cut, 819 BBC.
1: Do you recognize yourself in the photo? Yeah, it's
5: pretty difficult not to recognize yourself.
1: Your friend suggested that the photo is fake.
5: I think it's uh, from the investigations that we've done, you can't prove whether or not that photograph is uh, faked or not, because it is a photograph of a photograph of a photograph. So it's very difficult to be able to, to, um, to, to prove it, but I, I don't remember that photograph ever being taken.
1: But it's possible that it was you with your was, arm that's around That's me,
5: but, but whether that's my hand or whether that's um, the position, I, I, but I, don't, I have simply no recollection of a photograph ever being taken.
0: So Greg Sheffer he says it's me but I'm not convinced it's my hand.
7: Yeah, it's it's not a hard question if that's not you in that photograph and it didn't happen you just you, no that photograph never happened. I wasn't there with her, but obviously he danced around it because you know, he's stalling for time to come up with a good response to that question and then you know, his semi denial of a photograph of a photograph it's all how those type of predators dance around questions and try to rationalize things and distract from the truth. And I just think that he's lived in a, a world of entitlement, and so he's not used to get, being called out on the carpet. And he's used to getting it. That's why when he lies, you can prove to lie right away, because I think his entire life he's been able to get away with it. No one's ever called him on it. And this finally the queen dropped the hammer on him. And took away basically took away his life, and that's when he's finally come to terms with with everything and that's that's why the settlement happened.
0: Charlie Langston joining us from Daily Mail he's been on the story from the very very beginning just before the settlement is announced. There was a flurry of news regarding the photo that the original was quote lost that Virginia Jeffrey couldn't find the original what's the truth? Did the photo exist in its original state? or not.
4: I mean, I think the photo absolutely existed in its original state at some point. And if Ghislaine Maxwell herself was saying, oh, yes, this looks real, you know, she might not remember the photo being taken specifically. I don't think I can remember photos of myself that were taken 10 plus years ago. But what Ghislaine's kind of email suggests is that she might not remember the photo being taken specifically. But that means that she likely remembers a time when she was in her home in London with Andrew and with Virginia. And therefore, this kind of scenario that we see in the photo likely happened possibly on more than one occasion. So I do believe that the photo exists in its original form somewhere. But once again, I you know, if someone said to me, could you dig up this old photo that was taken of you as a baby? I don't think I would be able to find it. You know, photos, unfortunately, back in those days, before there were digital copies of them, they do get lost and they go missing and they get, you know, thrown away. There's any number
0: of reasons. But would you throw away a picture of you with a prince? Well, you know,
4: I think, you know, I can't speak to Virginia's,
0: state of mind. I mean, I'm not convinced it was lost. I think that may have been a claim. Another question I have is how is he, who had to sell his Verbier chalet for 18 million pounds, how is he footing the bill for this? Because he still owed a lot of money on that chalet. Well, I, I personally think there's no question that the Queen is helping out. Now, when
4: when Prince Andrew lost all of his royal titles, when he lost all of his military titles, the palace said, Prince Andrew will need to fight this case as a private citizen. But what we need to remember is that him being a private citizen is still being the son of the Queen, who is a very wealthy lady. And I think that the Queen would have done and paid anything to make this case go away before it reached the stage where he was having to sit down for a deposition and before it reached the stage where he was possibly going to have to testify in front of a court of law. Those things would have been so embarrassing and shameful and scandalous for the royal family that any cost at that point to the Queen is worthwhile in order to prevent those from happening.
0: Was he married to forget at the time of this allegation? He
4: I, you know, I actually don't know that off the top of my head, but I do believe that he, you know, they were planning on calling Fergie as a witness. Um, and, you know, there was also the possibility that they were going to call Eugenie and Beatrice as witnesses. And Virginia Giffre's lawyer also at one point said that she that he may well call Meghan Markle as a witness. And I think that these things may well have been said in order to scare Andrew into a settlement. But can you imagine the embarrassment that would have happened if Meghan Markle had been called as a witness and had been asked to talk about all of the awful things that she may have witnessed during her time as a royal? Similarly, if Sarah Ferguson had been called as a witness, she's always been one of the most scandalous members of the royal family. And that could have brought such enormous embarrassment on the monarchy and you know i I really do think even beyond prince andrew's testimony there was so much potential for more controversy and more scandal to come out that the royal family just couldn't afford to have that happen
0: to you dr bethany marshall joining us out of beverly hills the fact that uh in many minds this is an admission of guilt on the behalf of Mm -hmm. Prince Andrew, to underage sex, which is rape, statutory rape, in many jurisdictions, the effect of dragging this out for so long, what effect does that have on rape victims? Nobody is outright saying the word rape, but when you have sex with a minor Mm. who under the law cannot consent. That's why my children who are 14 can't go buy a car. They can't buy liquor or cigarettes. Mm-hmm. They can't enter a contract to buy a house or work a full day because they are children under the law. What effect does dragging this out all of this time have on her, Virginia Roberts
6: Jeffray?
2: Well, I think that it could actually be helpful, believe it or not, to not only her, but other victims, because think about it, victims of rape and sexual abuse experience a huge power differential between them and the perpetrator. But now Virginia Jufre has her own attorney. She has her own team. She has public support behind her. You know, there's a new sheriff in town. Who has power now, the victim? The power dynamic has been reversed. And the power dynamic that has been reversed is with one of the most powerful men on the face of the planet, a member of the royal party. So think about the impact on the public. Imagine you are working in a grocery store as a checker. You're underage and your manager or the store owner comes and rapes you but you don't report it because you're afraid of losing your job and the power differential haunts you for the rest of your life or but you read about this case and you learn that one little girl has toppled a prince And you think, aha, maybe I could do it too. Maybe I could have power in this life. And it kind of galvanizes you to begin to take action on your own behalf. One other point, Nancy, the $16 million, I think it's $12 million, 16 million pounds. For those who think that this is a lot of money, not only to put it in context of the enormous wealth of the the royal family, But there is a reverberating negative effect of sexual abuse. When a woman is raped, it will affect her children. It will affect her children's children. It will affect her cousins, her aunts, her uncles, her marriage. So the reimbursement is not only to her. It's it's towards those for whom there's a negative cascading set of effects. So you multiplied out or divided out over all the people who have been affected by this. It's not so big a settlement, Nancy. Dr.
0: Bethany, I agree and disagree. Victims of violent crime, almost universally, would tell you no amount of money can make up Mm. for what has happened to them. And if they could swap out. They would give anything not to have been a victim of violent crime. There are three women in the studio here right now with me. One in four women have been the victim of a sex assault of some nature. What would this woman's life have been like had she not been sex molested? Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off.
2: Goodbye, friend.